Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a lovely guest. Her name is Stephanie McPhail, and she's from New York. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. And in today's episode, Stephanie and I are going to be discussing being loved shouldn't hurt. But before we get into the subject, Stephanie, what I'd really love is for you to share a bit about yourself and your own journey and certainly how you come to be doing what you're doing and why you're doing it right now. Sure. Well, you know, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an interesting time right now in the world where we're all connecting in such a a profound way. And so it's very exciting, especially with the work that I do. So my expertise is um, I'm the expert in helping brilliant women date up. And the reason why I got that expertise is because I was really good at terrible relationships. (laughs) (laughs) I spent 15 plus years going from one toxic relationship to another one. And the, my first marriage actually on our wedding day or wedding night, I should say, um, I got water on the floor on the ground in the bathroom uh, and he proceeded to curse me out and chase me around the honeymoon suite for the next three hours while I was naked and threatening my life until finally he threw me on the four post bed and started strangling me. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the man that I chose to marry and he's going to kill me on what's supposed to be the most important day of my life. And I stopped being able to struggle and I felt myself get all my limbs get heavy and weak. And luckily he realized what he was doing and he got off of me and looked very sad. And I curled up in a ball and just rocked myself. And of course, if it was, if it was ending there, I I knew at that point that I should not continue the relationship because I said to even to him, even then I said, you know, how can we continue after you did this on our wedding. And he said, I promise things will change. I'll never do that again. If, if it doesn't get better, then you can leave and I won't do anything to, to try to push back. And so it took about three months for him to start the physical abuse again. So for the next five years, I was strangled again. I was spit on. I'd be woke up, woken up in the middle of the night, have things thrown at me. He would leave me places. Um, cursed at being cursed at was, was, you know, regularly pretty much every day I was being called horrible names. And then in between there, I would get the silent treatment for two or three weeks if he didn't like something that I said or did. And so that, that went on and I, I would throw him out. I would let him back in because he seemed like he was making changes. And every time I let him back in, it got worse. And then five years into it, I said, you know what? I don't care how old I am. I don't care if I stay single, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And so I made plans with a friend of mine and I went to go live with her and I ended up, I got a divorce and was able to move away from that. But what was interesting is that once I got a divorce, actually things got worse. I went through a depression. I got a blood clot. I had just all these horrible things happen until one day I was in the emergency room with a sprained ankle and 
who did they call to get help for me, but my ex-husband. And so here I was with a sprained ankle and my ex-husband in the emergency room. And I started laughing because it was like the universe had shown me and said, hey, you've been waiting for your knight in shining armor, but you've been there all along. And it was like, I heard that voice inside of me say that I needed to stop looking for someone else to come and help me. And so that was my aha moment. And I proceeded to spend a lot of time just being single and working on myself and traveling and doing all things to really connect with who I was and find out who I, who I didn't know was inside of me. And I was way stronger than I realized. And I was way more capable than I gave myself credit for And I had way lower self-esteem than I thought because I'd been way successful in a lot of other things in my life, but just not in relationships. And so luckily I did enough work where I finally met a great guy. And so now I am happily married to my best friend for the past five years. And we have two beautiful children together. That's excellent. So did you, prior to your wedding night with the ex, did, had he sort of shown those tendencies or did it literally happen, you know, on the wedding night from there onwards and he just kept it quite hidden at that side of his nature? He did. I mean, he, he definitely showed some signs. There were definitely red flags beforehand, even things, I mean, about, about four months into the relationship, he got really angry at me when we were out dancing because he didn't like that I, the way I introduced him to someone and then proceeded to yell at me for hours. And so I had never experienced a healthy relationship in my life. And so I really just believed that maybe he was right and that I was the one who must have done something wrong because I had never had a healthy relationship. So he must be, he must know what he's talking about. Not realizing he was just another one of the long list of unhealthies. In fact, probably the worst of all of them. And, you know, there was all these other warning signs too. Again, and he, he left me places before, I think about a month before we got married, he, he left me somewhere. Um, and one time he left me on the train and I got up and tried and went to go catch up to him. And in the car, I actually started hitting him because I was so angry and I, I lost my temper. Like I had never lost it before. And he turned around the next day and said, see, you're just as bad as I am. You say that, you know, I have to be responsible for my act, you're screwed up too. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's right. <laughs> I am, I guess I'm screwed up too. And I made a vow to myself to never allow myself to lose my temper like that again. But the problem was, is that that, that kind of manipulation just kind of gets you more confused because yes, I shouldn't have lost my temper like that, but for someone to curse at you and scream at you and, and leave you places and things like that wasn't exactly healthy either. So he knew how to manipulate. He knew how to do things to make me get confused. You know, they call it gaslighting where they tell you you did something and that didn't really happen. I mean, he was really good at that. And also I feel as women, well, not just as women, I think men fall into this, you know, um, quite just as easily if they've got an abusive partner but you know quite often we we feel quite ashamed and you know especially if we 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 rate ourselves as being quite intelligent people uh around this sort of relationship situation don't we so we tend to think well you know either we're somehow to blame or in the in, in the context of being that loving person trying to operate from a a more rational self um we quite often excuse it don't we and forgive it even though um it's not healthy yeah yeah well and what's interesting is that so i'm the expert in helping brilliant women date up and the reason for that title is because once i started sharing my story 
all of these women started coming out of the woodwork saying that happened to me too. And, and there was a lot of um, shame, guilt, embarrassment, all of that. And I had to, I felt like I had to hide it. I had to put on a front and pretend like everything was okay. And even my best friend since seventh grade is actually a psychiatrist. And the first time she heard my story, I actually was doing a podcast and she said she went to the bathroom and cried because she didn't know all the details. And she said, why didn't you tell me? And I said, because you were in a happy relationship and I didn't think you would understand that I was really embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. And I, I really didn't know if I could change. I kind of thought that this was going to be my life. And so when I started sharing the story, all of these other strong, independent, well-educated you know, women that had been self-sufficient and everything else started coming and telling me their story of how they'd been in very similar situations. And I said, this is actually, this is an epidemic of strong women who are in really horrible relationships. And it's terrible how many of us think we're alone when really we're not really alone at all. That's very true. I feel that, you know, I certainly in my history, I've been through that phase of um, attracting toxic or unhealthy relationships. And um, I, I did, you know, in those moments, think probably looking back, you know, I allowed it because I've always been a very caring, nurturing person and um, wanted to forgive their behaviour. But then in hindsight, you know, I was, I was, I was really angry with myself for putting up with it and thinking that you know what why did you forgive that sort of behavior when you knew it was unhealthy for you to you know be in that relationship but uh, you make all these excuses and rationalize it don't you ask you're in that particular relationship a lot of the time yeah i i remember when i was dating i was you know i was free from everything and i was i was dating not really seriously just kind of learning you know, so I, I, I kind of would go on dates and just say, hey, I don't like this or I do like this or and kind of started coming up with a list of things that I really wanted in a relationship if I was ever going to have a relationship again, because I, I had gotten so comfortable with myself that I knew that I wasn't going to settle anymore. And so a lot of people, a lot of women that I work with will say, you know, I think I'm too picky. And I said, no, I think you're not picky enough. We need to be very specific with what we want. But one of the things that I noticed when I was on this educational journey was that I was someone who thought I enjoyed saving people. And that's what was getting me stuck is I would have this like bleeding heart for someone who had ha had this horrible story, this horrible upbringing. And I would want to come save the day like I was superwoman or something. And, you know, think about how hard it is to save yourself. Why do any of us think we're going to save and fix somebody else? I mean, it's like ridiculous, but so many of us think that. And I remember being on a date with this, this guy who was so sweet, but he started telling me all about how his mother had died, his father had died, his brother had died, his sister had died. Everyone had died in his family and then he dropped out of school. And it was like this horrible story. And my heart just reached out to him. And I thought, oh my gosh, this poor guy. And I said to him, I can never date you again. And he said, why? I said, because I have this feeling of wanting to save you and show you that love can be a good thing. I said, and I can't do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. And so I, I learned in that moment that I could not be with someone who needed saving. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Including, our, you know, like you say, you, you don't need to also have that projected onto somebody else in terms of wanting that knight in shining armor to rescue you. The, you know that you can support and protect and rescue yourself. And it's making sure you've got the right environment around you to support that, isn't it? Yeah. And so when I, when I met my now husband, 
one of the things that I really liked about him is that he was really sure and comfortable with himself and he was not looking for me to complete or fix him. And in fact, what was really funny is that I actually tried to break up with him a few times because I said, you know, I really just like being single. I really just, I like the freedom because to me being in a relationship meant being weight weighted down. So I, you know, I kept thinking he's going to, even though this guy seems great, he's going to turn around and turn into something else. And he's going to weight me down and not, not let me do me. And I don't want that to happen again. So I kind of kept him at an arm's length and, you know, he said, listen, I don't want to be with anybody else, but if you want to keep dating, you can keep dating. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but know that you're the person I want to be with. And if you never want to be with me, please tell me that so that I don't sit around waiting for nothing. He said, but I just want you to know that I'm here. And it was one of those things where had he pushed me and tried to force me to be in a relationship, I would have left. I would have gone running for the hills, but he allowed me to just be me. And even now I'll just say to him like, oh, I'm, I'm traveling to, and I'll you know, pick a place. And he either can come or can't come, but he's not going to stop me from doing that. And that was huge because I would, I remember my first marriage, we didn't travel for five years and I loved traveling. My mom is from France. My grandfather was Dutch. We used to travel all over the place all the time. So I definitely was missing that, but I was putting that to the side, my wants and needs because someone who was not whole needed me to be there and take care of him. But a whole person is not going to take away who you are. They're going to just add to your experience of life. Absolutely. I, I like to call it, you know, um, make sure you, you, you are the best Kate you can be and then you'll attract the partner that's the best Kate he can be and, and that'll be just the cherry on top. <laughs> exactly. There's, uh, there's no need to lean on each other. You know, that creates dysfunctional codependency. You know, it's about being... <laughs> comfortable and complete with who you are and and likewise for him and uh you know uh that being the cherry as i say on the top of the the two cakes exactly and there's you know one of the things that i love about my my relationship now is that there's there's not an economy of you did this so i do this we just do for each other without expecting anything in return, but there's no this neediness or taking without reciprocity. And I think that that is one of the things, I think a lot of people have this kind of like barter system in their head. They're like, well, I did this, this, and this, so they should do this, this, and this, but they don't even communicate their needs to their partner. And it's really important to be very communicative, really say what you mean, ask for what you want. And if you notice things are going wrong, talk about it. And, you know, I think one of the things that I learned from, from being in healthy versus non-healthy relationships was when to say, I'm sorry. And when to see, like, no, like when to notice when things my fault or not, you know, sometimes it's just kind of like, I remember my ex-husband, I, I was afraid to say I was sorry because it was, it was like, he would put me down and make me feel terrible about it. Someone who is healthy and, and is feels confident in themselves, they're going to, you know, it's easier to say you're sorry or that you messed up because they're not going to make you feel bad about it. They're just going to be accepting of it and move on and, and be open to conversation. And I think that's so important. You've got to be able to go back and forth with your partner to figure things out. Massively, you know, because, um, you know, I do wholeheartedly think, you know, some challenges are brought into our relationships to help us learn and grow. And it's not yes. a reason to sort of think, well, actually, 
we're not compatible then if that challenge presents itself it's the opposite you know it's embracing that challenge and and learning from it and and knowing that even if you don't share the same opinion that you can embrace the differences and the different perspectives of it yeah, I get inspired and grow from my husband all the time. In fact, when we when we made up our vows, one of them was we were going to support each other in our best growth. And I think that, you know, in the past five years, I think we've definitely done that. There's definitely no trying to hold either one of us back from whatever it is that we need or making the other person feel bad because of any lack that we may think the other person has. Okay, so um, if you then have a client who is obviously a good match for your experience and skill sets and they're in this unhealthy relationship do you always advise you know a strategy for us for them to um escape that relationship or have you got strategies for different behaviors that might enable that relationship to turn itself around what's what's your advice around this sort of thing So if there is any kind of physical violence, um, if there is being cursed at things like that, that is a definitely not allow. And I would hope that the person would leave, but no matter what, it's not going to be my job to tell the person what they should do. Everyone's got to come to that decision on their own. So what we do is we look at, so I have a double master's degree in health and education. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm a certified crisis counselor. Um, I'm a Reiki level two practitioner. I have certifications in nutrition. I'm a life coach, a dream coach. So I've got a, a lot of different certifications, but my background is really, it's that holistic healing. So when we look at healing from our perspective, we look at it from social, physical, mental, and spiritual. So the, the idea is not to focus on anybody else, but yourself. And what happens a lot of times is we lose sight of who we are as a whole human being. And when one side doesn't, doesn't work properly, then the other sides are not working properly. So when we work with clients, I, I really look at, you know, what are, what are your eating patterns? Are you exercising? Are you getting enough sleep? Um, do you have people that you can talk to that you hang out with? What are your interests or your hobbies? Um, let's talk about some trauma. Let's talk about your early experiences Um, the spiritual side, you know, my husband is actually a Reiki master teacher and he does something called psyche, which is a high speed mindset change. So he helps change subconscious beliefs. So between the two of us, we can really get the change from different angles. And just like when you're exercising, you want to work that muscle from different angles to watch it grow. It's the same thing when it comes to healing. If we just work on the emotional part, it's not going to be long-term. We need to get deep down, peel back the layers, figure out how to reconstruct it. I basically call it setting the reset button on your life. So that, cause it's not, the relationship is just part of the issue. There, there's something else going on. So we want to really work at your core and then you rebuild however that is. So some people will stay in the relationship. Um, some people, as they work on themselves, it suddenly changes their relationship with their partner. And that's wonderful when that happens. Um, and then sometimes they decide that they don't want to continue because they feel so good and confident and their self-esteem finally rises and their boundaries are finally set into a good place where they say, hey, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And then they have the confidence to make the right decisions for themselves. Excellent. So certainly, I think these days people are actually looking for more than the actual qualification for that key. This person 
knows and empathizes with what my situation is because they've actually experienced it for themselves and I think that experiential learning you know um, adds a lot of weight to our expertise rather than just uh, a qualification because the theory is definitely different to the practice isn't it oh yeah I I was amazed at the amount of people that came into I have a a private Facebook group with 7,300 people and and most of the people will say that they've tried therapy and their therapist just didn't understand and I said that's terrible that they feel that way when therapists should be more aware. But the reality is, is a lot of the therapists go into, you know, decide to become a therapist because they're working on themselves and they haven't really worked through the issues they need to work through. You know, and that's not all amazing therapists out there, but there's, you know, a good handful that, that are not, have not done the work that they should. So I really recommend as a, as a coach, you know, other therapists, you really want to have someone who specializes in what you are trying to overcome. You want them to be where you want to be. So if you have a therapist who is divorced and um, is angry at their life and, and, you know, all of those things, they're probably not the best person to have as a marriage and family therapist. You know, they they probably have some of their own work to do before they can do that again. So, you know, you want to have someone you know, I work really well with women who have been in abusive relationships because I get it. And, but if you're looking for someone who, um, I don't know, trying to think of something else, but you know, if, if there's another, like if a business coach, for example, you wouldn't hire me as your business coach because I'm lacking in that. I'm actually, I have my own business coach to help me in that section. So you really want to look at where your need is and then get someone that will specialize in what that specific need is. Yeah, and and not only do they need to get it, but you need um, to know that they've overcome it successfully as well, don't you? Exactly. If they're still in the middle of it, probably not the best person because whatever they're doing, they're still learning and they haven't really figured it out. You want to look at someone, okay, where are they now? And the hope is really also is that, you know, some at some point you might have, I actually just had a client recently where she was in this unhealthy relationship. She did an eight week program with us and she was just doing so great. And she said, oh, I wanna create my own business now. So she left working with us to get a business coach because she had leveled up so much. That's now what she was working towards. And I said, that's what we want for all of our clients. We want you to not need us anymore and get to another place so that you can help other people. The more people that we can help, what we do, the more people that we can, that can, we can feel empowered and inspired and all of that, in my opinion, that helps more people in the world. So it's kind of like that ripple effect. Give people the power to, to feel empowered and do what's best for them. And they're going to end up doing more for the whole world as a whole. Yeah, I think a lot of people in this industry are definitely of that same mindset whereby, you know, if we can just help one person and then they just help one person and so on and so forth with that, like you said, that ripple effect between us will will help the whole planet, won't we? <laughs> Exactly. And I love, I love that visualization of just the whole planet, you know, just being more enlightened and having more power. And I feel that's taking place rapidly right now with this current shift that's going on for those audience members that um, may be listening to this podcast at some point in the future. Right now in the world, we are experiencing the coronavirus epidemic. So most countries are in a lockdown situation, just to give you the context of this particular episode. Yeah, and it's very interesting. There's a lot of people that are people that are in my group that are complaining for good reason because they're trapped 
literally, and they feel, you know, and figuratively with a person that's not exactly the healthiest person for them. So they're just feeling really stressed out in what to do because they, a lot of them don't have a choice. I was actually speaking to someone from England this morning and she was telling me that as much as she wants to get out, she had called a local domestic violence shelter and they said, unless you're in physical danger, we don't have room for you. I mean, and that's how bad it is, is that there's people that are being turned away because there just isn't enough room. So people really are being trapped with people that are not healthy for them. What was your advice in that situation then, Stephanie? Because that's quite a difficult one, isn't it, to answer? It is. And, you know, one of the things that I, I've been saying to clients is that you, you, this is not the time to try to figure out all of the issues in your relationship. Um, you're stuck with this person no matter what. So the, the biggest thing and the best thing you can do is to focus on your healing. You know, don't, don't sit there and focus because what we do is we try to change what we're thinking by focusing on someone else or something else to not really give ourselves full responsibility. Like, Oh, it's their fault. It's because they did this, they did that. And as soon as we, we look within, then we're able to focus more on what our needs are. Like we can take away what that person is. Now, of course, if you're in physical danger, get out. I mean, call the police, do what you need to do. Get out. We, I don't want you staying, trying to suck it up because you know you, you feel like you're trapped with a person. If you're in physical danger, get out. But if you're in a place where the person is just emotionally unavailable and, and they're, not, they're just toxic in general, then gray rock is a really great thing to do. Focus on self go gray rock. And when I say gray rock, that means don't react to them. They're going to try to push your buttons. If you're dealing with a narcissist, someone with borderline personality disorder, um, you know, a bunch of different psychiatric issues, you getting into it is just what they're looking for. They're looking for attention. They're looking for you to get upset so they can turn it around on you. So, you know, they really want to, if you, if you don't give that to them, they're going to stop pushing as much. So at first they might increase it, but then if you keep going gray rock, they're going to be like, oh, she's not playing the game anymore. And then it actually makes it a little bit easier. So really the, the biggest thing I think that you should focus on is yourself. So this is the time to, you know, get yourself a coach, read the self-help books, watch all the videos and just do the things for you that you enjoy that are right for you. Okay. So when you say gray rock, you know, if somebody's like you say, continuing in or trying to push your buttons and they like you say it could get worse before it gets better what would you say is the best instant response in that moment from a mindset or behavior point of view um just walk away or just you can even just say something to the effect of i'm not getting into this with you right now or i don't want to fight with you or you can even just you know what a really great way of getting someone to calm down is to just kind of repeat back say whatever thing to you and you say, it sounds, you know, it sounds like you're really angry about this right now, whatever it is that they're saying, or, you know, if you can just go back and repeat what they say in a different way to show that you're listening, but you're not adding any fuel to the fire, but you know, whatever you can give them that feels defensive, that's like, you know, the bullies picking on someone that they feel is, is someone that can be picked on. So as soon as we get defensive and get upset there, they feel like they won. So you want to just, not get sucked into it and say, oh, it sounds like you're really angry right now. I'm going to go in the other room and, and just leave. You know, I, and you don't, have to, you don't have to fight with them. Excellent advice. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie. Unfortunately, time has managed to run away with us on this particular episode. So for those listeners that would love to engage with you or contact you, what would be your best contact address? 
Um, the best way to get in contact with me is to go to our website, which is www.beingloveshouldnthurt.com. Um, you can make an appointment with me there. You can also check out my book, Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. I also just came out with a workbook um, to be able to, for, so people can actually do that on their own time. And if you if you go there, you can also see our Facebook group and our Instagram, which is Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. And then we have uh, we have a private group, a little bit of a different name. It's called codependency, healing, and creating healthy relationships. And that is our private Facebook group with 73, probably almost 7,400 people in there. If you're just coming and looking for some more support and some education, you can go there. And of course, you can go to our YouTube channel, Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt, and get some great resources there as well. Brilliant. Well, I'll make sure all that contact information, plus any other bits and bobs you want to add to it stephanie is putting our show notes for our audience members to access as always and also a little bit about stephanie herself and, and a bit of bio so you can get to know her a little bit more within the show notes too so uh thank you very much stephanie for your wise words of wisdom that you've shared throughout this episode um i've been really inspired and, and very grateful for what you've shared Thank you so much. It was great sharing my story. And if I can be of service to anyone, don't hesitate to reach out. This is the time for us to come together and not pull apart. Absolutely. Any audience members that can resonate, you're not on your own. You know that, you know, you've always got support within this particular environment. And there's so many women that can resonate that have been through what you've been through and have overcome it. So that just leads me to say that true love starts with opening your heart And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember... True love starts with opening our hearts.